0: Well, good morning. So good to be back with you here at First Baptist. Um, It is always a joy. Pastor Phil and Robin, they are some of our Uh, most dear friends that we have in this world. And uh, I actually had four opportunities to speak in different churches this morning. And when Phil called and said, hey, can you come to First Baptist? I'm like, yes, Uh, that's the one I choose. And so it's great to be with you today. Um, As Matt said, my wife Kelly is here with me today and uh, she's right down here. And uh, we are thankful for your partnership with us at Small Church USA. And uh, God is just doing some really great things. Um, We know the church has a lot of needs. And um, when you look at um, what has happened pre-COVID to post-COVID, now we're getting some of those statistics out. And uh, the statistics are this, that um, pre-COVID to post-COVID, most churches in their Sunday morning attendance have dropped over 27%. And uh, that is just catastrophic for the church if you really think about that. And years ago, about 10 years ago, the church, average church size was about 136 people. Today, the average church size is 55 people. And, uh, and so, so the, the need is huge for revitalization. And uh, we are so thrilled that we get to work in that world to help encourage uh, struggling and hurting pastors and churches. And uh, we have, in the last two and a half years since we lost... Launch Small Church USA. Um, have worked with um, almost hundred churches now from eighteen different states, and uh, and more just keep coming all the time as they hear what we're doing and the needs that, that are out there and how we can help them. and uh, And and you can pray about this. God's opening some great doors uh, because Small Church USA is about to go international, and uh, and we will be in Jamaica in February. Uh, tough time to go to Jamaica, I know, but um, we're gonna, I'm gonna be speaking at a conference there, and there's a whole group of churches there that said, hey, we need what you do with revitalization. Can you come and help us? And, uh, and so we're going to be in Jamaica in February. And uh, then an organization out of Canada has contacted us and said, hey, we need some help with revitalization in Canada. And then an organization in Brazil contacted us and said, hey, we need help with revitalization in Brazil. Can you come and help us? And, uh, and they're like, in our region alone, we have 200 churches that need help and in, in the whole country, we have an organization that has 600 churches that need help. And, uh, and so pray for us as God continues to open doors that we'll know exactly what God wants us to do and what directions to go in to try to help meet those needs that are just so vital out there in our world in the area of revitalization. But thank you for your partnership and your support uh, of what we're doing. We love what we're doing and thankful for all the doors that God is opening. So let me pray as, as we begin today, Lord, thank you for the morning that you've given to us. Uh, it is a joy to be back here at First Baptist. And uh, God, we do think of Phil and Robin. Uh, pray that you'll help them as they minister to their family, um, as they proclaim the gospel to those that need to hear the, the message of Jesus. Lord, help them to be loving and bold as they do that, and we thank you for it. And Lord, as we open your word today, uh, end a year and begin a year tomorrow, uh, may it just challenge, encourage, and strengthen us today, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, take your Bibles this morning, go to 2 Peter chapter 1, and uh, what I want to talk about this morning is whiter than snow. And uh, that seems like a great theme, doesn't it, for, uh, for this time of year? And uh, maybe you're hoping we didn't have a white Christmas, uh, but maybe we'll still get some snow yet sometime this year. But you know, I was thinking of the verse Isaiah 118, where it says this, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Listen, are you thankful this morning for the love, the grace, and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ? Are you thankful for that today? Like, what would we do without that, right? But because of, because of Jesus, like our sins, all of the junk that we have in our life can be washed whiter than snow. And in light of that, here's what I want to talk about. Here's kind of our theme this morning, and it's this, how we live matters And represents how we live matters and represents. You know, I saw something happen in an NBA basketball game not long ago that I've never seen happen before. Um, the The San Antonio Spurs were playing the Los Angeles Clippers, and and the Clippers have an all star on their team named Kawhi Leonard that used to play for the Spurs. Okay? And when he played for the Spurs in 2014, he led them to an NBA championship. And so Kawhi Leonard was like the best thing since sliced bread in San Antonio for all those years that he played for them. But then in free agency, he got offered more money to go to the Clippers. And so he went to the Clippers. Well, he was back playing in San Antonio. And every time he got the ball, the fans were booing him for leaving them. Okay, that's how fickle people are, right? He's the greatest thing. Now we're booing him every time he touches a ball. Well, Greg Popovich, who is the longtime coach for the Spurs, I've, I've never seen this happen before, but Kawhi Leonard's shooting two free throws. He gets done shooting the first one. The fans are booing him. And Greg Popovich goes over and grabs the stadium microphone and he addresses the whole audience, okay, there that day. And I'm going to show you a 20 second video clip to let you see what this looked like and what Greg Popovich said. So, watch this. don't you love that hey it's not classy that's not who we are knock off the booing you know what he was saying how we live matters and it represents it represents who we are and I want to tell you as believers in Jesus Christ how we live matters and represents doesn't it it really does. It matters. And I think going into a new year, this is a great challenge for us. And you know, there's some things in life that matter and there's some things in life that don't matter, okay? And so let, let me just like lay the foundation for where we're going today by talking about four categories of things that matter and don't matter, okay? Number one, fluff, things that don't matter, okay? There's things in this world that don't matter. Who Taylor Swift is dating doesn't matter, Okay? <laughs> Oh, look, we've got clapping going on about that one. Sorry, all of you Swifties out there, okay? But it doesn't matter, right? That, how many of you like Hallmark Christmas movies? Anybody watch those over the holidays? Like, they were on, like, nonstop at our house. E. Kelly's got her hand up, right? You know what? That Hallmark Christmas movies have the same plot line every time, and they're always gonna end with a happily ever after. You know what? It doesn't matter, right? They can all end the same way. You know, I mean, the plot line's always the same, right? The good-looking girl has the jerk boyfriend, right? And, and over Christmas time, they get stranded in this quaint little town because of a snowstorm. And there's this good-looking stranger that gets stranded in town that randomly runs into the good-looking girl. And in the end, she breaks up with the jerk boyfriend, falls in love with the good guy, they kiss, and there's a happily ever after. That's every Hallmark Christmas movie you ever watch right there. Okay? And they're never going to change, but it doesn't matter. Right? Now, if they ever changed, it would matter, right? But, but they're never going to change. So it doesn't matter right? Some things in life don't matter. Some things in life are fun. They matter in the moment, but not a lot, okay? Like, like your sports teams, if they win or lose, it matters in the moment, but not a lot, right? I mean, just those are just fun things that happen. Your hobbies, um, how big of a deer you bag this year, it mattered to Pastor Phil, Okay? It mattered to his son, James. They both got nice deer this year. It matters in the moment, but really not a lot. You know, the clothes you wear, the cars you drive, the vacations you go on, I mean, all of those things, they're fun, they matter in the moment, but they don't really matter a lot. And then there's some things that are fleeting, right? They're temporary. They matter, but they don't last forever, So our job is something that matters, but it's temporary, right? It matters in the moment, but it doesn't last forever. Your health matters in the moment, and it does. It's important to take care of yourself. But listen, none of us are gonna last forever on this earth anyway. Those things are temporary. Where we go to college, it matters, but it's temporary. It's really not gonna matter a long time. But then there's a fourth category, of things that matter, and it's things that matter forever, things that matter forever. And how we live for Jesus, it matters and it represents, and it matters both now and for eternity and I want to show you this from God's word before we jump into 2 Peter because because look at what look at what Matthew chapter 5 this these are the words of Jesus here here's how we live now that matters and represents this this is gonna last forever Jesus said you are the light of the world let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Listen, what we do now, the deeds that we do now, they matter because they represent They represent our Savior, Jesus Christ. They give glory to God. What we do now matters. Now, how many of you believe that Jesus is coming back someday? You believe that? How many believe it's gonna be sooner than later as crazy as this world is, right? Like, yeah, maybe today, right? I mean, it's getting crazy. But listen, when he returns, how we live matters when he returns. I want you to see what it says in 1 John chapter two. And this is talking about the return of Christ. And John says, and now little children, abide in him, live in Jesus, okay? Live for him. So that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. And if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. You see, not only do what we do today matter here. But it matters when Jesus comes back. And then someday, it's gonna matter in heaven what we did here. Because in heaven, in Revelation chapter 19, it talks about this great celebration banquet in heaven someday called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. And the marriage supper of the Lamb, uh, the Bible tells us that Christ is the groom and the church, all of us, we are the bridegroom and someday he's gonna come and get us and and the bride and the groom are gonna be reunited and there's gonna be a big feast, a big celebration in heaven called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I want you to see these verses because they're really cool verses and, and it ties into what we're saying today. And here's what they say, let's put them up on the screen. Then I heard something like the voice of a vast multitude, like the sound of cascading water. And like the rumbling of a loud thunder, saying, Hallelujah, because our Lord God the Almighty reigns. And so, what John is doing is he's pulling back the curtain and letting us take a little peek into what heaven's gonna be like someday. And there's gonna be this huge celebration, and we're gonna be rejoicing and worshiping our God. And then it says this Let us be glad, rejoice, and give Him glory, because the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his bride has prepared herself and she was given fine linen to wear bright and pure for the fine linen represents the righteous acts of the saints. Someday at the marriage supper of the lamb, what do we bring to the table, so to speak? What do we bring to the celebration? It's the righteous acts of the saints, of what we do here. It doesn't save us. That's not what gets us to heaven. But what we do here matters and represents not only here, not only at the coming of Jesus, but all the way into eternity at the marriage supper of the Lamb. What we bring to the celebration are the righteous acts of the saints. It's what we do to live for Jesus and make a difference. That's what we get to bring to the table someday at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so the question is this, in this crazy, sinful, perverted world that we live in going into 2024, can we actually live for Jesus and do the righteous acts of the saints that are gonna matter all the way to eternity? Can we actually live that way in this crazy world And the answer is yes, that we can. And 2 Peter chapter 1 gives us four things that we have that will help us someday represent and it matters now. And so let's look at those in 2 Peter chapter 1. And here's the first thing that matters and that helps us represent is that we have power. Okay, we have power. Now look in your Bible, Second Peter chapter one and verse three, it says this, his divine power has granted to us all things, and I don't know if you highlight or mark in your Bibles or underline or whatever, but if you do, you need to have all things underlined in your Bibles, okay? He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. We have all things. And and so, so there is a power source that in Jesus Christ, we have all things that pertain to life, doing this life and doing it in a godly way to represent him as we go through this life. And it's because of his power, not because of our power. Okay, Look at what, what Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 11. Uh, let's put this one up on the screen. Let, read this verse with me. will you? Read this with me? Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God." See, the righteousness that we have doesn't come through us and our power. It comes through Jesus Christ. We're filled with the fruit of righteousness that only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we do have the power. Now, how many of you have ever felt like you've been in a hopeless situation? You ever felt like you've been in a hopeless situation before? You know, all of us can probably think about times in our lives, challenges in our life, struggles in our life, that we're going, man, when I hit that, it was like, wow, like, like I got nothing here, right? Maybe it's a, a marriage that was struggling. Maybe it was a health issue. Maybe a wayward child. Um, there's all kinds of things that hit our lives where we're like, okay, like I, I don't even know what to do with this. And sometimes when we get into those kind of situations, what we try to do is we try to go, okay, I have to work harder to get through this. And we try to do things in our power instead of going, okay, God, like I got nothing here. I need you. Like you got to do this because I can't, right? You know, last uh, spring, it was the week of Easter Sunday. And you know how busy Easter weekend is. And I got a call from one of our local funeral homes that said, hey, there was a individual that passed away. His name was Mike. And we we need somebody to do a funeral. He requested you, would you be willing to do this funeral the Monday afternoon after Easter? Now, I got to tell you that immediately what went through my mind was, uh, no, I really don't want to do this the Monday right after Easter. Easter's busy. And, um, and like usually Mondays, the office is closed and everybody's recuperating from a long weekend. And my initial thought was, no, I really don't want to do a funeral on Monday. And, uh, but I, but I thought, okay, well, okay. So can you tell me who this guy is? So he told me his name, didn't ring a bell. So I got on our church management uh, software and I looked it up. Nobody in our system. Um, I said, like, like, do you know how he knew me or how he knew our church or whatever? And he goes, I, I really, he goes, I don't know. All I know is that he requested you. I got on Facebook, you know, how you stalk people on Facebook Right? I got on Facebook, you know, found this guy like never seen him before, had no clue who this guy was. And, uh, and so I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, and I'm just being honest with you. Like, I just really didn't want to do it. And, uh, but I said, okay, uh, sure. I'll help. And I go, does he have any family members, anybody, any connection points that I can call and like find out about this guy's life? He goes, well, he has a daughter. I'm like, okay. And uh, so they gave me the number. So, so I called, I called this, uh, this girl on the phone. I it to you, it's a woman. And I said, hey, I'm Pastor Terry from Rock Point Church. Uh, I'm going to be doing your dad's memorial service. I'm really sorry for your loss. Um, Just wondering if um, you could share some things about your dad's life, things that you appreciate about him, things that I could share at his memorial service that might be helpful. Here's what she said to me. My dad had addiction issues. His life was miserable, which made my life miserable and i really don't have much other to say than that and then she hung up okay now i really got nothing right like like i'm not going to show up and say that at a memorial service and so i'm like oh my goodness like like what in the world am i going to do and and so so i'm just like i'm just like okay lord like like i don't even know where to go here and um and so i you know put some thoughts down and and um and Like, okay, here we go. Well, the the memorial service was at this remote cemetery um, out in the middle of the cornfields, about 25 miles outside of Crawfordsville, just rural America. And, And so that Monday afternoon, I drive down there, I pull in, and here's what I see. A whole bunch of old bikers, okay? Old dudes, long gray hair, uh, they got the black leather, they got the motorcycles there. And I pull in and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, here's a bunch of old bikers and here I am showing up in my three-piece suit and tie, right? Like this is gonna be a train wreck. And um, and so I'm, so I'm just like, oh Lord, you gotta help me. I got nothing here. I absolutely don't know what to do. And uh, so I get out and, and I walk up and I see this guy right here. Look, look at this guy here, okay? I see that guy. I have never been so happy to see somebody my whole life. You're like, you were happy to see that guy? I'm like, yes, because you know who that guy is? That guy is a member of our church. His name's J.C. Clendenning. And J.C. got saved in our ministry at our church JC is a very good friend of mine. Every Sunday that I would preach, I would sit right down front. JC would sit right next to me in the front row. I called him my bodyguard and I get out and I see JC. And I'm like, JC, like, dude, I am so glad to see you. And I go walking up to him. Now, you gotta understand this guy, right? He's He's got on bib overalls. He's got a pistol hanging out of his front pockets right here. He's got his black biker vest on. And, uh, and I'm like, dude, I am so glad to see you. And I go, I go, like, did you know Mike? And he goes, oh man, dude, back in the day, we used to ride together and he's telling me all these stories. And, and I said, hey man, like you gotta give me something here, right? You gotta give me something. Because I said, I, I don't know anything about him and I know he had some addiction issues and all that. And he goes, hey, listen, when we first started Celebrate Recovery at our church, Mike came. And Mike accepted Christ, and he and I have had many conversations about that. And he goes, he, he had some addiction issues. I, I will admit that, but he goes, I truly believe he had a relationship with Jesus. And I go, okay, now I got something, right? Now I got something. And uh, so JC introduced me to some of the bikers, and here's the thing about that kind of a crowd, right? Like, once you're in with one, you're in with all of them, okay? You're in with all of them and uh and so so i get up to, to start the service I'd, he'd introduced me to some of them and i said hey uh, i'm pastor terry from rock point church um here to just you know work through this memorial service with mike today uh i am jc's pastor and uh and jc sits with me in the front row every sunday other and, and he usually looks pretty much like that other than he doesn't have the gun sticking out of his pocket some guy in the back goes, well, he might need it today. And I'm like, well, let's hope not, right? And, um, and so I start, I start, you know, saying a few words. And then, I, and then I said, hey, you know, it was my understanding that Mike had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And one of the guys in the back, one of the bikers in the back yells, I can testify to that. And I said, do tell. We'd love to hear it. Now, I want to tell you, that's a dangerous thing, right? I have no idea what this guy's going to say. But what I've been praying for is, God, I got nothing. You got to help me here. And some guy goes, I can testify to that. So I'm like, okay, like, like, tell us what you got. And so this guy ends up, he was an old biker back in the day. He's now a believer in Jesus Christ, goes to another really solid Baptist church in our town. And he goes, hey, listen, Mike was a friend of mine and I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that on bended knee, that's what he said, on bended knee, he prayed and accepted Jesus Christ into his life and it didn't take away all the challenges he had in life, but I know that he knew Jesus. Amen. Amen. What, well, for a pastor that's got nothing, that's like sick'em to a dog right there, right? And I'm like, hey, Okay, so now I want you to think about what that means. And and I said this, I said, hey, listen, here's a question I often ask our church family. If your life were to end today, are you 100% confident you're going to heaven? You see, Mike's life ended. But because of Jesus Christ, we can have confidence that he's in heaven today. And his dear daughter sitting right down here Had this miserable life, just weeping her eyes out. I was able to look at her and say, Hey, uh, young lady, I want to tell you this there's hope. There's hope. This isn't a day of sorrow. This is a day where we have hope because the Bible says that we do not sorrow as those who have no hope. And I was able to share the gospel. And as I was working through the gospel, they were like talking back to me. You know, we had this like conversation thing going on. And and I'm not kidding. I went home and I told Kelly, you know, here's Mr. Bad Attitude Preacher. She knew that when I left the house. And, uh, And I went home and I said, you won't believe. I go, this I think maybe might be my favorite funeral that I've ever done in my life. And I gotta tell you what happened. Hanging out with these bunch of old bikers. And here's what I learned. Do you know why... God puts us in those situations where, hey, I got nothing situations. You know why he does that? So that we have to rely on him Amen. and not rely on us. Amen. Because when he gets us to the place where we realize I can't do this in my power, then we have nowhere else to turn but to him. And then when we turn to him, then he can do something, Right? And he can do something really cool with that. And uh, what a valuable lesson. But I want to tell you, we have, we have power. Um, is, it's what this says, in his divine power, he has granted us all things, right? You can do it. You just got to realize that you can't do it in your power, but you can do it in his power. That's the first thing that we have that helps us, that matters and helps us represent. Here's the second thing that the text tells us is that we have promises Look at verse four, where it says this by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world because of its sinful desires. We have great and precious promises. And where do we find those great and precious promises? They're right here, aren't they? Hold them up. Let me see them. Okay, we bring them with us, right? These are the great and precious promises that we have. And I want to tell you, they're amazing. And this book is filled with great and precious promises. Now, I asked permission from the guys back there to do this. So I hope it's okay. Pastor Phil, if you're watching, I hope this is okay. But um, like, I just want to like, just, just walk up and down the aisles just really quickly. And have you just shout out? Give me a promise in God's word that you're thankful for, right? Just like, just like, give me a, give me a promise. Somebody, give me a promise that you're thankful for, right in here. I am with you always. I am with you always, even unto the end of the age, right? Always with you. Always. What a great and precious promise that is. Know where we're going to go. That God is not with us. He's going to give me grace. He's going to give us grace. Okay. When Every time we need it? Every time. All things, right? All things. Somebody else, one up here. Somebody give me a promise from God's word that you're thankful for. Romans 8.28. Romans 8, 28. What does it say? He works all things together for good. Those who love the Lord and are called according to his Okay, body. he works all things together for good. And verse 29 is even special too, because it tells us that because of that, he is conforming us to be like the image of his son, right? What a great promise that is. Somebody over here, give me a promise. His faithfulness. His faithfulness. Even when we're not. Wow. How often are we not faithful? Uh, every day? Already this morning? Probably. But he's still faithful to us, right? Isn't that great? Somebody up here, another promise. His love. What about his love? It never fails, right? First Corinthians 13, the great love chapter. It's love never fails. It's patient, it's kind. It's all of those things that we have. That's awesome. Somebody here, give me a promise. Send you a, a, a paraclete to be along beside you. Oh, he, he gave us a helper, a paraclete, the Holy Spirit that lives within us and dwells us, enlightens us to truth, convicts us of sin, all of those things. What a great promise that is. Somebody here give me a promise. He will prosper us. He will prosper us. Okay? He's going to he's going to take care of us, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good father. He doesn't want bad things for us. He wants good things for us. Man, that that's so good. Yes. He left us his his peace. Okay. My peace I leave with you. Okay. He gave us peace. The peace that we can't get but he left us with that peace. Somebody over here, give me a promise. Forgiveness. forgiveness. Always willing to forgive. Doesn't matter how many times we come back, right? Once, twice, the God of first chances, second chances, third chances, 100 chances, right? I mean, listen, his promise is to forgiveness. However many times we come, First John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wow, what a promise, right? What a promise. Somebody over here, give me a promise. Direction. Okay, direction. Okay, he's gonna lead us. He's gonna give us direction as we go through this crazy life. God, what do you want me to do? He's not gonna leave us stranded. He's gonna do that for us. One more, give me one more over here, somebody. He He gives us hope and a future. Hope for today, a future for tomorrow. That's a promise, right? Wow. Listen, we could do this all day long, couldn't we? Like like we could just stay here all day long and we could just rehearse the great and precious promises that God has given to us in his word. Listen, let me share a couple with you that, that I picked out. Look at this one on the screen up here this morning. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? but with you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. How many of you are thankful that God doesn't keep a record of your sins? Right, I'm thankful for that because how big would your book be? But you know how big it is? It's wiped clean because of who Jesus is in our life. Look at this one. Love this verse two, Lamentations three. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not Consumed for his compassions never fail, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Wow, what an incredible God! Amen? Amen. What an incredible God. We have his power, we have his promises. But here's the third thing that we have that matters and represents we have a plan. We have a plan. You see, so many times when we preach, Sometimes we preach in the abstract, where it kind of lets people look from the outside in going, I don't really get it. But I want to tell you, the Bible is not abstract. The Bible is concrete. The Bible gives us practical things that we can do. And here it is in 1 Peter chapter five. If you want to plan, look at verses five through eight. For this very reason, because we have these promises and the power, for this very reason, make every effort Okay, there's a good word to underline. Every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and with virtue knowledge and knowledge, self-control and self-control steadfastness and steadfastness, godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful or unproductive in your knowledge knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what that passage says. If you're truly saved, right? The the faith being saved is the starting point, but it's just the starting point. There needs to be more that we need to add to our faith, all of these things, these righteous acts of the saints so that we can represent Jesus Christ well. And, and I, love, I love this quote. Um, and, and I don't even know who it's from, but, but I love it. A faith that doesn't change you is a faith that doesn't save you. Right? If you say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, but your life has not changed, that's a faith that didn't save you because it didn't change you. Because when you accept Christ, your life changes. And here's the things that change in our life. And we don't have time to look through all of these different things, but but look at the list up there. So so virtue is moral character that produces courageous deeds. Knowledge is divine truth that produces spiritual wisdom. Self-control is self-disciplined of mind, soul, and body steadfastness, remaining strong through hardship, godliness, properly honoring God with our lives, brotherly affection, genuine compassion and affection for others, love. This is the agape love, that sacrificial and selfless love. These are the righteous deeds of the saints that when we live them, they're going to matter someday. Now, don't, don't miss the last part of that verse, that if we do these things, they will keep us from being ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you know how important it is that in our lives? We don't want to be ineffective and unproductive, Right? I mean, think about this. Um, you fall in love with somebody and, and, and you wanna get married and so someday the guy gets down on one knee with this diamond ring and he pops it open and he looks at his, at his girl and he goes, babe, I love you. Will you marry me and spend the rest of your life with me? And she says, oh, this is such a great day. Like, like where are you gonna take us in life? How are you gonna lead us? And, and he goes, I just wanna be the most ineffective and unproductive husband that I can possibly be. You're gonna go, what, what was that, right? You go for a job interview, right? And the guy goes, what are you gonna to bring to the company? And you're like, hey, listen, I wanna tell you, I just wanna be the most ineffective and unproductive employee that you've ever had. Coach, put me in the game. Like I promise, I will be the most ineffective and unproductive player on the floor. Like we don't say those kind of things, right? That's not the goal in life. You say to your financial advisor for next year, hey, listen, I just want you to, to, to just, with, with all of my money, be the most ineffective and unproductive you can with my retirement accounts next year, right? We would never say that to anybody. And all of those things, if we wanna be effective and productive, they take work. It also takes work to be effective and productive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and living for him, Amen. It does, and so many times we don't think we have to work at the Christian life, but actually we do. There's a plan for how to do that. We have to continue to grow in these things if they're gonna matter, and listen, someday when we're at the marriage supper of the Lamb, we're at this huge celebration with Jesus Christ, we don't wanna bring to the table, hey, listen, I've just been an ineffective and unproductive Christian for you all of my life. Listen, that's not what you wanna bring to the table. You want to bring to the table the righteous acts of the saints that, hey, listen, in my life that you gave me here, like I did everything I could to be effective and productive and represent because what I did for you matters because it really did. And that leads us to the fourth thing that we have that this text shows and it's going to bring this thing full circle. We have a persuasion to live this way. Look at verses nine through 11. For whoever lacks these qualities that we just walked through, whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an inheritance in the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, why why do we go out and try to live for God in a way that matters and represents? It's because that we've been forgiven, right? Our sins have been washed whiter than snow. It's why we do that. And if we don't live in a way that matters and represents our Savior, then we're nearsighted and we're blind. We've forgotten that we've been forgiven. Remember all those things that he doesn't keep record of? We've forgotten all of that and we take that for granted. Let's not do that as we work into a new year ahead. You know, the story is told of Alexander the Great, uh, one of the greatest military generals of all times, that a young soldier was brought to him that had done some egregious thing and it could have been a life or death scenario for him and Alexander the Great could have had him take his life and said, hey, this is egregious enough that you're gonna lose your life over this. But he let the young man live and as the young man turned to walk out, Alexander the Great looked at him and said, young man, what's your name? And he turned around and he said, my name is Alexander, sir. And Alexander the Great said, what's your name? And he said, my name is Alexander, sir. And with more force, he said, soldier, what's your name? And more humbly, he said, my name is Alexander, sir. And Alexander the Great looked at him and he said, soldier, you either change your conduct or you change your name. Because how we live matters and represents. It matters and it represents. So I want to just leave you with this challenge today. This is the end of a year, and tomorrow's the beginning new, of a new year. And how we live matters and represents. Maybe you're here this morning. And you're like, hey, you know what? I don't, I don't know what it means to, to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Like maybe you need to start your new year, end this year, begin a new year by going, I need Jesus in my life. That's my number one need. If you were to ask me, if my life were to end today, am I 100% confident I'm going to heaven? I would have to tell you no. Okay? Well, then you need Jesus is what you need because the faith is the starting point for everything else that we do in life. And if you have that need this morning, when we're done, there's gonna be some people right down front here that can meet you and talk to you about what that means to accept Jesus Christ in your life. But maybe there's some of you here that said, you know what, as I look back over 2023, and I look back over my life, what I did was really ineffective and unproductive in how I live for Jesus Christ. And I need this new year to be different than that. I need to represent in a way that matters because of everything that Jesus Christ has done for me. And let's go into the new year with that focus and go into a new year and being effective and productive for Jesus Christ because it does matter and it does represent. Stand with me and let me pray for us as we close. Lord, we love you today. And we are so thankful for All that you've done for us, God, you have forgiven us, you've saved us, you've given us an eternal inheritance in in your heavenly kingdom someday. And someday we're gonna be at the marriage supper of the lamb and we get to bring the righteous deeds that we've done, not for our glory, but for yours. But it does matter and it does represent. And so God, as we close a year and head into a new year, may we understand that it does matter and it does matter who we represent, which is you. And so give us a great day today. Help us to be safe as we celebrate tonight. And then let us start a new year with a new focus that really does matter and represent our savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. Have a great day and happy new year.